Hi and welcome to Unedited, the fortnightly podcast where we explore the opportunities and challenges the retail industry is facing. Brought to you by myself, Vicky Giles, and the very lovely Grace Hill. Oh, thanks, Vicky. From fashion, beauty, and homeware, Vicky and I will cover industry topics and shed light on how retailers can create a brighter future. Hello, Grace. Hey, Vicky. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm feeling feeling positive. Feeling feeling like I'm getting there. January is nearly, nearly there. Nearly there. <laughs> yeah. There's that meme, isn't there? It's like it feels like January seventy fourth, which is <laughs> very accurate. Does. Genuinely does right. crawling towards payday. Absolutely. Oh, so what has been? I mean, what's been brightening your spirits this week? Certainly for me, it was Brad and Jen. I can't even begin to put into words how excited I was by that coverage. Like, ridiculously excited. I'm a grown, independent, intelligent woman, and yet I was thrown into some kind of frenzy by Brad and Jen. I know. Kind of kind of holding hands. Not really, but kind, kind of. of. And a longing look. I think the look that Brad gave was was particularly Do you think sentimental, but... I was embarrassed. I was in a YouTube black hole last night. I watched 10 minutes of analysis on Brad and Jen, which is mortifying. But Wendy Williams even has the video footage, which, you know, Do you think they're just laughing at They're just sat there laughing at that entire world that's gone insane for this, like, one moment. I mean, I am praying and hoping for a reconciliation, but we'll have to watch the space. And maybe that's what's to come in 2020. But also... What has been thrilling this week is that I could potentially be bringing out my old Sainsbury's outfit. Are you kidding me, Grace? So I used to be a checkout girl. So I used to have the full maroon orange outfit and with the steel toe cap boots. So what a look, apparently. I mean, Beyonce was obviously looking at me from the uh, <laughs> from those days. Have you uh, have you been called up to uh, model for your your previous store? I mean, I'm just waiting by the phone. It hasn't run quite yet, but being the influencer that you are, I, know. Grace, I expect it will happen any Absolutely. moment. Absolutely. Yes, maybe that could be included in the LinkedIn, Facebook, Tinder, Insta post collage. <laughs> Which one would it be? Coming. Would it be your LinkedIn one or... That's a good question. <laughs> would it be your Insta one? Probably your Insta one I now because it's so fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really <laughs> excited about the podcast this week, Grace. Tell us all about it. Yes. So today we have Victoria Prue, co-founder and CEO of Her Collective. We'll be discussing the explosion of rental clothes services to understand the evolution of this business and where where it's heading in the future. We'll discuss the interplay of technology, e-commerce and brick and mortar efforts to understand what makes a successful circular business model. Rental services and other circular initiatives are ways that retailers are trying to make progress towards more sustainable practice as consumers are now demanding this from them. With the average consumer buying 60% more pieces of clothing than 15 years ago and each item is only kept half as long. So today we have Victoria Peru with us, who is the co-founder and CEO of Her Collective, the first peer-to-peer wardrobe rental platform offering luxury fashion to women who prefer to rent rather than buy, and deemed by Forbes no less as the Airbnb of fashion. Headquartered in London, Her Collective aims to address an underserved market of women who want to dress in a fashionable yet sustainable way, accessing the latest trends without owning items. Victoria is the first to tap into this growing market, spearheading rental fashion and millennial behaviours and also hot off the press, but appears in Draper's 30 Under 30 for 2020. Congratulations and welcome, Victoria. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you. So for our listeners to kick off, 
what is Her Collective and how did it come about? So we are basically trying to build the Airbnb for fashion. So we are a rental marketplace. Rental traditionally is is more B2C. So Rent the Runway, a great example, um, and they rent stock to a consumer. We're a bit different where we're peer-to-peer. So the idea is I can come onto her collective and I can rent Grace from the editor's wardrobe and you can rent my wardrobe. So we're a two-sided marketplace. Um, On the one side, you can actually make money from the things that perhaps are underutilized in your wardrobe. And then on the other hand, you can rent amazing kind of contemporary and designer pieces without having that that commitment to purchase so to speak amazing so what is the what is your brand's mission so we're on a mission to make renting an everyday occurrence. I think renting generally still has that perception of being something for high days and, and holidays and, and really special occasions. For us, renting is something that should be incorporated into your everyday lifestyle. So we are really founded with sustainability at our core. Two and a half years ago, when my co-founder and I started the company, sustainability was certainly not a buzzword. Um, everyone said to us, it's a trend, not a movement, it might pass. And we were absolutely dead set that that there was going to be a shift in consumers where everyone started to wake up to the environmental impact and the horrendous damaging effects that fashion has on on our environment. And here we are two years later um, where finally people are interested in alternative ways of consumption. Um, We've seen the resale market booming. The rental market is finally booming. So it's a super exciting time for us. No, it's so exciting because we've always kind of rented, you know, whether it's Uber or Airbnb, but now to be able to do that for your wardrobe. Exactly. I think everyone always says, oh, you know, if I'm a bit nervous about renting, I say, you know, sharing and and, and renting has been around for for years and decades. we We have a whole generation of people that don't rent well, that choose to rent houses and cars look at airbnb look yeah. at uber mm-hmm. we live in an access economy where people don't they want to own less things um, yeah. so we're definitely tapping into that the whole rental economy like you said has definitely exploded over the over the past year and edited data has actually determined that the number of retailers promoting rental services has actually almost doubled in comparison to a year ago and the projections over the coming years predict huge massive growth what do you think the major contributing factors are to this I'd say number one is is changes in consumer behaviour. I think retailers are having to adapt to what consumers want. Consumers are definitely smartening up to to you know what they want and what they expect. And I think we're at a time where where the industry, you know, fashion, you know, we've seen the death of the high street, we've seen retailers struggling. Everyone is having to adapt and actually work out what their customers want. So I think I'd say largely the, the boom in rental and and resale and, and kind of you know alternative consumption has been driven by consumers trends and also you know generation rent it's it's coin generation rent for a reason that there, there is a huge population of people who who want different things now um, and and I guess rental is one of those things it's fascinating isn't it because I think our customers who, who are retailers they've obviously listened to their their consumers and like over the past year the demand for data on sustainability and how they can execute in that space is it's been phenomenal it's been un- unbelievable so what are the key requirements for a successful rental service? Things like pricing, logistics, it'd be great to hear more about that. Sure. So 
To list something on her collective, you can list anything that has an RRP, so a retail value over £150. So okay. our mission is to cut out fast fashion so we don't take fast fashion brands. That's interesting. I didn't realise that. And generally over £150 to £200 and under two years old and in excellent condition. They're the kind of three requirements. Okay. In terms of the logistics of, of how the process works, we have provided lots of different you know ways that consumers can, can rent and lend their wardrobes and then we leave it up to them. So the first is... Because because you can see where items are located you can actually meet up and we particularly in central London do have a high percentage of users who choose to meet up in their lunch break and swap dresses um, which is really nice kind of building on the community aspect of our company the second is postage which means that we're highly scalable in terms of the fact that if your dream dress is located in Newcastle you should be able to rent that um, it's really important to us that, that we're not a central London you know just only fashion service we do have users all across the UK and some of our top users are actually based um, in, in random holes all across the UK. And then the third is a courier service. So we have a, a, a tie-up with a, a courier service in central London that uses bicycles um, because of obviously having on-brand sustainable partnerships is absolutely, absolutely key to our business. So we have those three options in terms of how the logistics work. And then really it's over to our users as to, to what works best for them. And then in terms of the kind of inventory and the pieces. We take anything from your contemporary designers, Kitri, Ghani, Rixo London, all the way through to the more luxury, you know, names that you all know, Chanel, obviously Chanel bags rent well, Prada, Gucci, Balenciaga, we, ha- we, we cover the whole the whole range. But what's important for us is that we can get a bit of a, a split against contemporary. Vintage is also quite interesting as a, a slight caveat to our two-year rule. And yeah. that's a part of our business we're really building out at the moment. So we're testing and learning all the time. Time, but we have a whole range from contemporary to luxury. And how do you go about sourcing individuals' wardrobes to rent? Because obviously you've got some phenomenal pieces that are on the site. How have people found you? It's a good question. So when you're building a peer-to-peer marketplace, no matter whether it's you know her or Uber, the supply is so key. So for our first year, um, when we were very underground and we hadn't launched, all we focused on was how can we get the best supply on the platform. We started very small, family friends, friends of friends, few people you know that that we knew that had great wardrobes, and then we do a lot with celebrity wardrobes, stylists that have amazing pieces, and then we managed just before we launched to kind of hit a bit of a critical mass of a couple of thousand of pieces on on the platform that that were beautifully curated, which meant that by the time that everyone else signed up to her and we kind of let let the public on... On, on our service, people were convinced that it was curated and aspirational. What we're trying to do is, is is keep renting as something that is aspirational. We don't want it to feel like a jumble sale, secondhand marketplace. Yeah. We've done a good job so far in the fact that, that people really do shout about the fact that they've rented and it's not a kind of dirty secret. Um, people go to weddings and, and feel like the smuggest person in the room because they spent £50 rather than £300 or £500 on a dress that statistically they will wear a couple of times so that's been obviously pretty fascinating to watch too and do you find almost that kind of that initial approach that you took to creating something that looked very curated felt like people that came to add things onto the site were maybe guided by that? Absolutely. A big part of what we are doing at the end of the day is trying to change behaviours and trying to persuade people to rent rather than buy. So our view was when we started, we we have to look and feel as much like e-commerce as we possibly can. Yeah. And 
the added win is that you don't have the environmental impact of buying. So it looks and feels like e-com. It's curated. It's full of great pieces. You know, our lenders are really good at making sure that everything arrives beautifully, etc. And and it's a real win for us in terms of you know transitioning a consumer that hasn't rented through to, to to getting them to the other the other side. So you talk about the transition there. It feels like rental services like yourselves at Her Collective and, and people like Rent the Runway have really exploded in in the past year. What were the previous blockers to an industry like this, in your opinion? So rental has been around for a number of years. Rent the Runway are 10 years old. So it's very, it's, it's not a new concept. I mean, they have millions and millions of users who have been doing this for a number of years. The UK has been very slow to, adult, uh, to adapt and adopt uh, it rental. It really has. really has. I think the biggest blocker is capital costs. So mm. if you look at a Rent the Runway model, they are buying stocks. So, so the capex that you need to be able to buy X thousand units of the later season or past season is absolutely huge. So when my co-founder and I started, we, we looked very closely at, at successful business models in the rental space. Uh, Latote's a great example too. Their subscription. You've got Rent the Runway that's dominated the B2C space. So we wanted to be part of that rental revolution, but to offer something different. And I guess that's the kind of beauty of her is that we're super scalable. We, we're not restricted by by actually holding stock. Yeah. And we're a tech company, not, not an operations company, in the same way that Rent the Runway have the biggest dry cleaning uh, facilities in the whole of the United States. So it's pretty fascinating. We, we, we wanted to be in that space, but, but not to build Rent the Runway. Um, and I think that's been the blocker. It's, it's the significant cost that comes with buying stock in a traditional rental business. So what happens, obviously, if somebody was to rent a product, they met up with the renter and then they were to find that that product didn't fit or they didn't like that product? So we have a 100% fit guarantee, which means that if you rented an item and it didn't fit, you, as long as you alerted us within the first 24 hours of you receiving it, you can post it back to the back to the lender and you get your rental price back, just less the dry cleaning and delivery fees. So net net, you're not at too much of a loss. It's something we're obviously monitoring the whole time, as as we know, returns is an industry wide problem. Yes, um, and it's something in terms of our consumers, they're pretty savvy and knowing that they are a size three Zimmerman or a size medium ghost or a size X Ganny, whatever it is. But that does happen. And we built that into our model in terms of making sure that we have a fit guarantee process to, to I guess, combat that issue. And it's something that we that we track all the time and making sure that it works with the lender as well as the renter. And obviously, Ultimately, we want our consumers and our members to have a positive experience. So if they've rented something that hasn't fit for whatever reason and it's a it's a last minute, you know, they need it for tonight, the team are on hand. Customer service is the most important part of our business. We have an average 90-second response time to our chatbot, for example, and it's wow. a real person sat there trying to help um, because we have built a team of people that understand how annoying it is if you want something to, for tonight and you don't you don't have it or it doesn't work for whatever reason. So we're all over making sure that our customers have a, a positive experience. That's incredible. Because I guess the essence of renting is that you want it for a limited time period and it's probably quite close to that moment. So the fact that if it wasn't to work, that there are other options. Definitely. How do you work out, just out of curiosity, the pricing like strategy for the products that you 
that you list? It's a great question. So um, when you list an item on her, we have an algorithm that tells you what we would recommend it rents at. Yeah. But the, the, the lender, so the, the owner of the item, has complete control over how much they rent okay. it for. So on our platform, you can rent for seven days up to a month. And roughly, it's kind of 10 to 15 to 20% of the RRP for that period. So it means that if you have a £300 dress, you might only need to rent it five or six times to make your money back. But we see a whole range, particularly people that are trying to build up their reputation on our platform we're peer reviewed in exactly the same way that Airbnb and Uber are so some people that are newer to our site set prices lower to be more competitive and to get more transactions and build up their reputation some people list things as slightly higher and but as an overall rule we're about 10 to 15 percent of the RRP for a week's rental which is pretty compelling if you like you say are going to a wedding and rather than spending 300 pounds you're spending 10 percent of the RRP Absolutely. You talked about the algorithm. You guys are, are, are particularly known for embracing technology for enhancing the whole sort of rental and customer experience. What technology have you implemented and, and how has this reduced barriers of entry into this process? So it's not been a quick fix. My co-founder and I, we, we built the platform from line one of code ourselves. And our, our view was if we're going to compete in the rental space, we need to have something that A, looks as beautiful as a curated you know, marketplace or e-com site, but it needs to be as functional as Airbnb. Mm. So we have all this very similar tech, you know, peer reviews, etc. In terms of where our business gets quite clever, we have real-time ID verification. So anyone can sign up to her, but before you can rent, you have to complete an ID verification process in the same way that you do on Airbnb, for example. It takes under 60 seconds and that gives us a trust profile of that person. At the end of the day, we we now have millions of pounds worth of, of, of stock listed on her. So making sure that it's safe and secure to rent is the most important part of our business. So using real-time ID verification, I don't know if either of you have, have done it, but it biometrically scans your face as you move it to a video and matches that with your ID. So it's super, super clever that gives us comfort, comfort Comfort as the marketplace that, that it is safe and secure and, and I guess de-risks us but also to our users makes them feel a bit safer that if they are renting out their pride and joy in their favourite dress that it's going to be looked after and um, so ID verification is really important for us geotagging so being able to see where the items are located as I mentioned earlier in terms of allowing people to sign up is really interesting and, and people are doing it which is fascinating and then we are soon to launch an AI personal styling so when you look at a certain item we will match via AI certain products um, so that we can get a bit cleverer on on suggesting certain red dresses to you in a size 14 or whatever it is that you're looking for. So we know you stock everyone from like style to Prada. Have you seen a particular category or brand really dominate the retail space? Or what is hot at the moment in your business? It's a good question. Um, we're always slightly taken by surprise because we're a data-driven company and you, you yeah. make you know assumptions on what's going to rent and it's sometimes it's completely different <laughs> to what to what you think. I'd still say dresses are the bread and butter of our business. Yeah. Everyone likes mini mini dresses, maxi dresses, midi dresses. What surprised us is statement accessories. So one of our top rented items are kind of big statement clip-on earrings. Really? Um, that I think are still at a price point of, say, £200, £300 or £150 yeah. that 
I know as as a as a user of her, I, I definitely have spent 150 pounds on a pair of earrings, worn them once, and then definitely not worn them plus 30 times. Yeah. So that's been really fascinating to watch the kind of funkier statement accessories that people they don't want them in their house. They don't want to own them because they know that they can't justify them on a cost per wear basis. Uh-huh. So we're definitely building out lots more statement accessories um, at the moment, as well as, well, we're, we're obviously freezing in London at the moment. So outerwear and <laughs> ski wear, we've just pushed off our ski wear edit live last week as well. So um, we're definitely testing all the waters and, and moving away from just special occasions to much more everyday wear as well. It's interesting. I think that leads yeah, quite nicely really, to our next yes, question. Yes, I'm really fascinated by <laughs> how you're aiming to take her collective and the rental movement away from maybe more occasion pieces, which it's always been kind of traditionally seen. How do you how do you intend to do, sort of involve that whole model? It's a great question. So our number one reason for renting is actually holiday wardrobes. So when we when we surveyed our, our members last year, um, it came back that the time in the kind of fashion year or, or their personal purchasing habits, where they people turn to fast fashion or were stressed about what to wear was when they had an upcoming holiday and they kind of binge purchased mm. maybe a couple of dresses that were lower quality. So We've all been there. <laughs> We've yeah. all been there. And actually, you can book up to six months in advance on her. So for our super organised users, people can really schedule what they want to be wearing when. And holidays is a great time, I I personally think, where you want to wear things that are nicer and that are a bit more elevated, but you don't want to have to buy things. Mm -hmm. Um, I I definitely, if I look back at, you know, pre-her, pre-knowing about the impacts of fast fashion, you know, I'd buy dresses and they'd sit there for... 362 days of the year Um, so holidays is fascinating and is a huge part of our business and as I said ski ski wear is such a no-brainer for us Um, so have a look at our latest her ski edit we have great pieces from perfect moment through to just some cool kind of ganny sweaters that are a bit more apres ski style so we're looking quite closely at that and then last week we also announced our first maternity brand on her so I know someone in the room is going to be happy about that (laughs) Um, so we have done a tie-up with a company called Mother Rose and they are beautiful pieces. They're just a bit more elevated. The feedback from our users was, you know, for nine months, I don't want to buy new clothes, but I don't want to buy you know bad quality clothes that I I don't feel good in so uh, we are working with Mother Rose who have an amazing curation I'll have to send you through the links yes, after this <laughs> and um, they have uh, kind of scalloped hem dresses they're just they're not high fashion but they're just really beautiful elevated pieces to hopefully make people feel a bit more you know in control of their changing body shape and they're really clever because they go from when you're a couple of weeks pregnant all the way through to the nine months so definitely check them out and it's going to be fascinating to see how that how that goes down because so we should wrap this up because I'm about to go rush <laughs> <laughs> off to look at Mother Rose that's so exciting though that, that there's so many opportunities no definitely So are there any that you don't maybe see as viable, those from, you know, obviously like activewear, swimwear, how could you or would you ever consider tapping into those lifestyle moments? I think swimwear's a a no-go for rental. If we look at Rent the Runway, they're a great example of a company that's gone from just occasion wear and prom dresses to their now bread and butter of their business is subscription of everyday items. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's exactly what we're trying to do. So I think there are lots of verticals that we can address. Ski wear, maternity wear, swimwear we'll stay away from. um, But 
definitely an, an everyday something that you can build into your everyday lifestyle and your outfits and just jazzing up your work outfits is something that, that I'm huge on I come from a pro- professional career where my work office outfits were pretty dull so I think the more we can do to hit that professional market and you know get amazing white blazers like you're wearing today on the platform <laughs> um, as well as you know just, just nicer dresses that you can wear to work um, that kind of professional side of our business is, is absolutely huge yeah, if you've got a super important meeting and you want to go in and unimpress, exactly, would be a no-brainer. So obviously, her collective focuses on garments that retail at over one hundred and fifty pounds. Do you see there being space for more price-conscious brands within this market? Absolutely. Ultimately, the decisions we make are driven from our consumers. So what our members are looking for, our overall feedback is that at a one hundred and fifty pound price point. On a seven-day or a 14-day rental, the costs are as effective as buying the fast fashion equivalent, Mm -hmm. which is super important for us as a business. We need to make it as viable for you to rent an item for seven days or a couple of weeks as it is to go to the high street and buy that Mm -hmm. item. Um, So pricing is obviously something we look at all day, every day. The feedback from our consumers is that they like the curation. They like the fact that we take the time to to kind of do the work for them insofar as that they don't have to sit through 30,000 items to find the one thing they want to rent. But but in terms of kind of more price conscious brands, it's something we're always looking at. And ultimately, it will be driven by the people that use our platform. Absolutely. Because you've just recently grown your team or you're growing your team massively. So do you have like a, a curations content team that kind of decide and pull those capsules together? We do. So um, we actually do quite a lot of listing of items through WhatsApp chat, which I think is a fascinating kind of evolution evolution in, in, in retail and how retailers are working, um, where we help people uplist, uh, upload and list their wardrobes. And we're really good at giving people a, a kind of yes or no to save them time and also to help them through that uploading listing process so the curation is key but also exactly like you say we have a whole team that actually try and make sure that things are presented nice and that we take the time to even photoshop out the backgrounds of the items because it comes back to to elevating renting and making it look as e-com as we possibly can do so the demographics that rental currently targets is is very much i would say dominated by women and younger sort of consciously aware customers at the moment who do you think the next big influential consumers are going to be? It's a great question. Our business is largely geared towards the millennial generation. What we see is a split between having a slightly younger renter and a slightly older lender. So the people that have built up the disposable income to invest in a wardrobe. So we already have a split and we actually have a whole range of people that, that use her. I think the key is 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 Gen Z. If we look at their behaviours mm. and the fact that they are more tapped into sustainability than ever before, we've seen resale, depops, you know, that Gen Z is their main audience. Um, and I think as Gen Z kind of grow, they're a huge market for her as well. So it's something that we're looking pretty closely at because the sooner we can introduce the rental message to that audience the better in the long run but I think it should be something that is open to everyone and anyone we do have a number of of lenders who are much older than millennials who love our service and we also run a concierge service so for people that are time poor or who have amazing wardrobes but 
don't understand really that kind of you know haven't used Airbnb aren't familiar with Uber we have a concierge service that makes their lives super easy so that we're not restricting people by the kind of tech savvy millennials that do everything through their phone because at the end of the day we just want the best pieces on her and the best people talking about our products and everyone to be happy renting so it should be something from Gen Z through to any generation and is there a menswear market for rental it's a good question at the moment we we're looking at the menswear market it's not something we're going to dive into if we look at the rental market generally menswear is a very small percentage of it what is interesting is is maternity as we've touched on and kids wear so children's wear if you look at the waste in children's wear clothing it's it's huge so i think that is a market that's absolutely absolutely ripe for disruption as well in the rental space like those party dresses or christening outfits. It's just anything so with kids wear, isn't it? It's just they grow out of things so quickly. Mm, exactly. So any kind of quality piece that you have for them, you're only you know, the, the lifespan of that product is so short. So I think it's absolutely an ideal thing to be focusing on. And I shall be tapping into it, <laughs> I'm sure, in the future. So you mentioned as part of the kind of technology that you use, use geotagging and you've also talked about the fact that you don't want to just be a very sort of London centric brand. What are your plans to kind of support geographic expansion? It's a great question. So we, we obviously launch in central London, but because we're not restricted by any kind of location, building out our communities in kind of key UK cities is, is a huge focus for us this year. We will do this through lots of people that we know in, in certain locations and really try and tap into existing communities. So we have a number of partnerships that we're due to roll out this year to try and bring her to kind of well I guess spread the message all across the UK but to to start with key major cities where we can build those communities Mm. and then scale out from there and because we have a few people in lots of different places but actually really focusing on them and you know having launch events in different cities stay tuned because it's something we're we're working very closely on at the moment. Oh my gosh can't wait that'd be great. My mum I always talk about her on this but she's well I'm from the Isle of Wight but she's I've been trying to push her to look on her collective because she's always wanting to like needs a new outfit for an event. But yeah, she's like, there's no one renting on the Isle of Wight. I was like, well, you can start. <laughs> send her our send her our ambassador scheme. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so luxury has previously kind of been known for its limited size inclusivity. How are you ensuring that there's an enticing assortment for all shapes and sizes on the platform? Sizing has definitely been one of our challenges from from mm-hmm. day one. I think it's a fashion wide industry problem. Yeah. The good thing about our business is that we're not restricted by having to buy stock or uh, buy any of those kind of traditional metrics. So actually, in terms of what gets listed on our platform, we don't have that much control over. So we've been pretty active in our approach. We have a number of amazing curvy models who use our, our site to actually lend their wardrobes. But it's a part of our business that we are really, really actively trying to promote and encourage Mm What's quite interesting, we, we just put something on our Instagram stories yesterday about, you know, what's stopping people from renting and all of these issues that we are looking to address and working so hard to address that keep coming up, make it 
the most important thing for us to address. So if you look on our website, we have everything across every single size range, um, but it is still skewed to a, a smaller range. So everything that we can be doing to actively promote people listing, which is it is harder for some unknown reason to do, we are currently doing. So I think we're not doing a bad job of being inclusive on a size perspective, but I think you can always be doing a better job, which we are trying to do. Does that come through partnerships with people um, who promote more like plus size brands and, and, and clothing and things? Exactly, exactly. I think that's the key. Yeah. So we've seen brands like Gani introduce um, Gani Repeat their rental service recently. What do you think the best initiatives that you've seen by retailers and brands that have been influenced by the rental movement? We've seen a lot of brands, particularly over the last, I'd say, six to nine months, test a whole range of, of, of business models from Gani Repeat to subscription services. I'd say the most interesting you know, acquisition has been Latote, uh, who recently acquired Lord & Taylor, the department store chain. Latote, for those that don't know, a big subscription-based model based out in the States. Um, and I think this is a great example of this new disruptive way of ownership and access coming through you know and partnering with a, a traditional retailer that has been struggling so i think we're going to see a lot more of that in terms of bringing together the old and the new and the different business models in a way to make them work together so i think it will range there will be b2c there'll be subscription and there'll be brands that test the space themselves um, and it will be fascinating to see i guess how it all evolves particularly in 2020 so we saw that you ventured into brick and mortar with your pop-up that you had in November. I am an avid follower of you on Instagram, so I knew you were working extremely hard. How did it, how did it go? Just when we thought that we, we couldn't add any more stress to our working startup, um, we, someone had the idea of doing a pop-up. Um, so we launched our first pop-up uh, at the end of last year. It was for six weeks in Belgravia in London. It was a huge, huge success. We had, well, we ran 30 events in 35 days. So we were definitely crawling to Christmas Day, but it was really fascinating. We were the first UK company to trial fashion rental in a physical space. Mm-hmm. And we had an amazing curation of, of dresses I don't know if you saw the space in a beautiful kind of rainbow array and the most fascinating thing for me to see was seeing a consumer or a, a random person walk into our pop-up and just see their thought process of this is a thousand pound dress that I would never buy and I can rent it for a couple of days for 30 pounds or 50 pounds or yeah. 70 pounds and seeing those kind of you know clog, uh, clogs working through their brain is the most <laughs> fascinating thing so in terms of we learn a lot in terms of what consumers are after pe- what the questions people ask the reasons that they might not be renting but they want to rent and getting them over that first transaction so it was absolutely incredible we'll definitely be be launching more pop-ups in the near future and 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 yeah a fascinating experiment more than anything definitely you said you learned so much what were the kind of key things that you learned that you can apply to the business the most important finding I'd say was that the moment someone rents once and realises how easy it is, yeah. they'll rent again. And actually coming back to changing behaviours, it's as easy as getting someone to, to rent you know, for an art gallery opening that night or whatever it is. And then in the, this short six week period, we had people that came back for their second or third rent, rental, which for us is dynamite as a business that, that wants repeat customers. Yeah. So that's super, super fascinating. Um, we got some great insights about 
things that people want to rent. One of those things was vintage. So that's why yeah. we, we are working with a number of vintage companies um, that we now have on her because people were after perhaps pieces that were one-offs and that not everyone had seen sure. and was wearing, which is really fascinating. But for us, the pop-up was was largely an education piece. Mm-hmm. So in these 35 events, we did everything from helping people photograph their wardrobe through to community events. So it was great more than anything to, to build up community offline because yeah. as an online business, building that kind of in real life interaction is, is crucial. You've mentioned community so many times, and I think it's a it's a topic that's come up quite consistently throughout the podcast that we've been doing recently. That building a community is absolutely crucial for the for the success of, of these kind of businesses. I'm just interested to hear about how you kind of went about building that community. It's it's so fascinating. I I agree. You can have the best product in the world, but if you don't have the community that that love it and use it, you don't have a business. And I feel incredibly grateful that two years ago we approached a number of people who were talking about sustainability when no one else was. And I put a lot of our early stage success down to Venetia Falconer, that I'm sure yeah. you all know, um, who's been talking about sustainability and and fast fashion and alternatives way before sustainability was the buzzword. So what we've tried to do is is capitalise on ex- on communities that already exist and the people that, you know, are, re- are looking for alternatives but didn't know where to look. Mm. And it's been a huge part of, of, of our focus in terms of community events, getting people to interact with each other. The fact that we have users that meet up in real life, they actually get to meet each other. Yeah. Funnily enough, I met a girl on Friday night who had rented this amazing red ghost dress um, and I met her at my local train station. She was going to Paris for the weekend with her boyfriend that w- weekend for an anniversary trip and we were talking all about that. And for me, that's why I built her because yeah. It should be accessible. Everyone should be able to rent it. And how great that she had a new dress for that weekend. You know, that is what we hoped two years ago would be the case. Yeah. And it's great to finally see that, and that it coming. Seemed, well, it seems like those kind of offline relationships that you that you talk about, that kind of fostering relationships offline is just as important to you as anything that you create online within your kind of social platform. Exactly. And we have a feature where you can follow certain wardrobes. So yeah. what's so great is that if I rent something from Grace and I love love that particular dress I have a relationship with Grace and I probably will like more things that she puts and lists on her so actually having that interaction you know through the platform from people that are like okay so Claudia I've just seen that new dress please can I rent it for tomorrow night is absolutely fabulous and and frankly gold dust in terms of what we hoped we would always create it must be amazing for you to kind of see that vision come to life and and be able to watch it unfold definitely I'm really curious about the pop-up. How did you manage the inventory knowing that it's peer-to-peer and that you obviously had that space that you were had to fill? So I have a dynamite head of concierge and we basically <laughs> pulled in all of the pieces that rent best across yeah. our entire platform into the pop-up space. So it was highly curated. Our website already is pretty curated, yeah. but we wanted to make sure that the pop-up was full of pieces that, that we knew would rent. We focused a lot on holiday wardrobes. It was half term. So we had an amazing kind of, uh, we had lots of kind of March 11, Olivia Rubin, incredible pieces. And then obviously we hit Christmas party season. So mm-hmm. So we had a yeah. whole back wall of just sequin dresses and 
if anyone knows anything about sustainability sequins come under the spotlight a lot in terms of how damaging they can be to the environment so we launched a big campaign about how rented sequins don't sparkle any less and basically we couldn't restock our sequin wool quick enough we would start every day with 100 beautifully curated sequin dresses and by the end of the day they would look like they needed a bit of a <laughs> to get more so we basically couldn't couldn't meet the demand for for Christmas party season and we were just by Victoria Station where a lot of offices are and we had a lot of professional women all going to their Christmas party that didn't want to buy sequin dresses so that was fascinating too I like the fact that you focused in on something that you know does have sustainability issues like sequins and I guess that's the sort of thing that you could maybe apply to things Mm -hmm. like denim for example as well in the future exactly definitely So we've seen the rise of brand partnerships. So obviously there's Farfetch and Thrift Plus and Burberry and The Real Real. Do you see there being opportunities for her collective to partner with brands in the future? Absolutely. I'd say watch this space. In in our last pop-up, we trialled a few fashion brands. So one of our first brands to, to adopt her was Rasil. I don't know if you know them. They have the most beautiful structured blazers, kind of two pieces. They have a number of amazing sequin dresses as well. And they were, we're testing with a number of brands at the moment how rental works for them. I think it's a great alternative for brands who have kind of leftover stock, past season stock, even pieces just lying around in an office that aren't being used, yeah. actually being able to monetize them and, and, and give them to us is such a no-brainer. So we're looking very closely at the brand space at the moment um, in a very curated approach. But, but absolutely, it's a great chance for us to build you know, a diversity in you know, having outerwear and, and suits and separates as well as, as dresses and obviously building diversity on sizing as well. So definitely watch the space. We've got a few big brands that we are about to announce, which is very exciting. Amazing. I mean, we talked in our sustainability podcast about you know the sampling process alone when you work at a, a, a retailer mm-hmm. and the fact that the, the the amount of waste that's created from the sampling process alone and I love the idea that you're talking about monetizing that whole process and being able to kind of put it back into um, into the market at some place I think it would be a great thing for more brands to capitalize on so it seems like we talk about Ganny all the time. We do. We're mildly <laughs> obsessed. Um, With my Ganny beanie that I will not take off. <laughs> we know the infamous hashtag Ganny Girls was a key driver for success for that brand. And you have your very own Instagram hashtag of uh, her girls. Can you explain to us about how that's worked for you and, and, and what you've learned about creating that community? So I think our biggest kind of learning has been that people want to see real life people wearing rented dresses. It's really as easy as that. Having very glossy photos and editorial campaigns is great, but user generated content really performs well. We've seen Glossier do this extremely mm. well. Reformation, I think, do a great a great job of this as well. So getting that user generated content in a way that, that feels organic and aspirational and it's something that people want to be a part of, I think is 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 really huge and and it's something that we we hope to grow because the more people that that use the hashtag and and you know you can scroll through the hashtag her girls and see all the outfits and actually rather than having to buy them you can rent them Mm -hmm. so we've seen so much change in the rental economy in just a year where do you see it going in the next five to ten years so I'm probably a biased believer that <laughs> renting is the future of fashion. For me, I think traditional purchasing 
is is going to come under the microscope more and more. We've already seen it happening, and we've seen the rise of these incredible alternatives. The resale market is booming. It's set to outpace fast fashion. That that is incredible. So for me, the future of fashion is all about rental. I'm probably a bit biased, but I think what we've seen is is as consumer behaviours change. Resale's taken off. Fast fashion's come under the microscope. It's a really fascinating time for the industry. So what we're trying to kind of champion, I guess, is that people really invest in high quality basics that they know that they will they will justify and they'll wear over 30 times. So having your jeans and your T-shirts and for me, you should be able to rent the rest, whether it is, you know, you, you're going through maternity and you want new dresses, you're going skiing, you're going on a date night, you're going to a new interview. I really am a big believer that rentals should be able to cater for all those things. And I think consumers are smartening up to the fact that you know they're wiser than ever of the pieces that they want to own and the pieces that they don't want to own mm. and I think for me the future is all about working out what do you want to own and what do you want to rent so if our listeners are going to take just one thing away from this podcast what would you recommend it would be I'd say it's very simple. Give renting a go. Statistically, if you rent once, you will convert and you will see all the <laughs> benefits and, and you will realise how easy it really is. It's very simple and more than anything, it's a fun thing to do. So give it a go and we'd love your feedback. Well, thank you so much, Victoria. We've loved having you. My pleasure. So thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Unedited. If you've enjoyed today's conversation with Victoria, make sure you subscribe to keep in the loop with upcoming episodes. It would really make our day if you could rate, review or subscribe to us. You can get in contact at unedited at edited.com or tweet us at edited underscore HQ. We'd love to hear your feedback. Goodbye. Bye-bye.